Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You've stopped in at the spot, the place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. And today, our guest is Presh Sharma, all the way from the UK. Brains, we are going to talk about just, you know, love, and you are known as the heartbreak healer. Yes. You know, it takes a lot more than super glue. To mend a broken heart. It does. You know, uh, we're talking about divorce. We're talking about the breakup of a family. Maybe you are losing your job. Maybe your health. All of these things. Uh, generational trauma. All these things. But how do we mend a broken heart? How do we heal it? How do we just learn to sit with it? That's very important because you've got to sit, as I say, marinate in the situation so that you learn the lesson. You've got to get in your feelings. You don't necessarily have to, people say, get over it. You may never get over it, but you definitely have to get with it. And you are here to tell us how to do that. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world, beautiful. Welcome. Um, thank you so much, April. So hi, everyone. Um, my name is Prash, like April said. I'm from London, UK, and I call myself the heartbreak healer, not because, like April said, we take a super glue and put the heart together, but it's literally because I teach everything from experience. I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. It wasn't fun, but I also realized and found a way of doing things little bit easier the pain is still there it's always going to be there there is no hiding from the pain and like april just said you have to marinate on it in a sense i always say you have to feel it first allow it to like literally absorb inside of you and that's how you heal so it's not about getting rid of the pain it's about get, coming out of that place of depression everything's fallen apart everything is everything you built with that person together all breaks apart as if a bomb has just gone in your life and you're sat there thinking how do I again start from scratch that's the point where I kind of come in and show you the steps that I took so Prash um tell us your story okay so um I was born and brought up in Nepal um so I moved to UK when I was 18 and then I stayed here after that I never moved back and growing Nepal, up the, Nepal Italy no Nepal in Kathmandu Nepal, Nepal oh, okay. India. yeah so it's a very small country not many so where Mount Everest is basically okay say that so yeah and then I came here never moved back I come from a single mother family as well but that was little bit of a different case because um, my mom was um, in a domestic vi violent relationship so she mm. left I came here and then I after I got married 
everything was it looked perfect everything was beautiful especially in the social media and the pictures you post it's like a fairy tale family but inside there were rifts and every it was such a slow process of breakdown that when the breakdown actually happened we both didn't even expect it it was it was we didn't expect it but expected it at the same time mm. but even though it was kind of like a mutual decision to go our separate ways i had a 7 year old daughter i could not handle being in that relationship anymore because i was so extremely unhappy coming out of that relationship when the relationship ended and i was on this side is when i actually went into depression because i felt like the biggest failure in my life that i could not oh. keep the marriage together because as you know april society always says to women you are the glue that holds the family together and that was like, also is deep rooted in your culture absolutely rooted in your culture and then what happened to me was it just felt like i had one job one job to keep the family together and i couldn't do it and that took me down the road of full on depression but unfortunately for unfortunately or fortunately for me my 7 year old daughter followed me down that path and unfortunate because the poor kid had to go through a nervous breakdown and anxiety everything because oh of- are you kidding me no because she was literally mirroring how i was feeling she's such an empath oh. was so- she and was she a, a fond admirer of her father? Yeah, she is she is very she's good with both of us. Mm. So and then because she started having all these panic attacks and everything, what it was unfortunate but also it was fortunate for me because that then nudged me to look at it and think this is not happening. I cannot let this happen not to her at least and she became my why for me to then work in myself to come out of what i was feeling and what i was doing and that's how i did it wow that is amazing and so then you look back on your relationship with your mother yes. and you see the epigenetics you see the generational trauma that transferred from her mm. you know uh maybe she handled it a different way well she handled it the best way she could because she left as well yes. now you see yourself repeating these same patterns Yes. But it makes you sad because you're thinking that, you know, why is this happening to me? I saw what happened to mom. I don't want this to happen to my baby and it's happening. But when you had that aha moment, when you had when the sky opened up and the sun shined again. When did you find that and how did you find that? So for me it was literally the point where I woke up one morning my daughter was came running to me and said mommy I'm fine I'm finding it really difficult to breathe this was exactly a year on after our breakup she was saying I'm having difficulties breathing so I ran her to the emergency room because obviously that's what you do why wouldn't a child be able to breathe and then the doctor slowly started asking her questions and as she was answering those questions more and more the like it was like the curtain opening in front of my eyes and me realizing what she was saying and then the doctor looked at me looked at her and said you're having panic attacks it's this is not you're not being able to breathe but this is a panic attack and you're kind of having a nervous breakdown was the point when i just literally realized wow i did this to her i am doing this to her directly or indirectly it's me being so overwhelmed and consumed mm-hmm. by heartbreak so much 
I didn't even see what I was doing to her. So that was the point. When I so many times in relationships uh, or breakups, there's a few things that happen. Brains pay attention. You say, oh, well, the children don't know. Let's don't talk in front of the children. What you fail to realize is if anybody lives in that house, a dog, a cat, a, a fish, everyone picks up on that energy. They, you think they're asleep, they're overhearing conversations. They see the distance. They don't see the hugging and the kissing and the nurturing. They hear the raising of your voice. They see the tears, all of these things. And so your child knows to stay in a child's place. They don't speak on it. Yeah. They suppress that. They act out in other ways. School, drugs, violence, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, suicide. Mm-hmm. Also, what happens on the flip side is, you know, people use the children as a pawn. Well, you won't be able to see your father because of X, Y, Z. Or your father is not paying child support, so you can't go and see them. You're punishing the child. Mm-hmm. Your mother is no good because she's dating somebody else. All of that kind of stuff. It's very hard not to bring your child into the fold. But the mature thing, is to consciously uncouple. Yes. You know? And people don't consciously uncouple because it's the money, the control, or the sex, or the jealousy. Those four things right there are really what causes the problem. And in a divorce, nobody is going to win. Everybody loses. But you have to figure out what it is you're going to to sacrifice. And is that going to be your child? You know, and it's very difficult to co-parent. Yeah. You know, how do you feel when you when your man's out there running with three or four different women and subjecting your child to that? So having some pre-counseling before you divorce, before you even come up with the big D word, figure out who you are and where do you want your life? If they're hitting on you or, you know, uh, drugs and alcohol and all that, and you got to get away, you still have to figure out a plan. How are you going to be self-sustainable? How are you going to make your own money? Mm. You know, because folks will cut you off. That's the first thing they do is cut off your livelihood. How do you reinvent yourself? What do you say to a woman that's in that spot right now? Pressure. So I would definitely, exactly like, look, because just like a relationship, breakup is also a two, two people thing. It's not just not a single handed thing. So a lot of drama, a lot of negativity, the things you held on to your inside of you, trying not to hurt them, that becomes a potent bullet now. You want to use it against them. You are always looking for things to, you're thinking, oh, I'm going to hurt them. But especially if you're a parent, my biggest, biggest advice would be, please don't say anything bad about the other person in front of the kid. You know why? Because that kid is 50% them, whether you like it or not. Well, now, I don't know if I agree with that because if your daddy's a knucklehead, you know, I may not say it often, but your daddy's a knucklehead. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that, but you don't have to say it in front because what, what, what my experience has been, what happens is if I turn around and say to my daughter, your dad is such an ass, for example, Mm -hmm. he literally straight away takes it as, oh, but I'm like him. So most right, people right, right. 
sometimes what tends to happen is, you know, when a child is growing up, people are going, oh, you look exactly like your dad. You behave exactly like your dad or you behave like your mom. You look exactly like your mom or you to look like. So what's happening is that child is growing up, especially in my case, my daughter's growing up thinking she's a photocopy, a Xerox copy of her dad because she looks exactly like him. Mm-hmm. Now she's also thinking that what whatever people are saying about him, she takes it that maybe they're saying about me as well so if i ever turn around and say anything bad bad so what then started happening slowly is as she grew up she noticed both of us anyway what we were like what we were doing how we were talking to her she made her own assumptions she made her own conclusions that was the healthy part me trying to force her to believe that the dad was the bad guy and i was the good girl was never gonna work she had to come to that conclusion herself Mm -hmm. so that is the one thing and the second thing for the women who are in that place of absolute like it's about to fall apart what i will say to you is please honor yourself as women we've forgotten we've forgotten what we want what we wish for we've completely most women coming out of a marriage don't even remember who they are and what their likes and dislikes are that's how much we completely give into a relationship. So you have to ask yourself that hard question. Is this the right choice? And if you feel like, yes, this is the right choice, then you make that decision. And exactly like April said, you need to have a plan. You need to know what you're going to do next. How are you going to support yourself? Because things get a lot messier. Oh, honey, yeah, I'm telling you, they cut off the money. Yeah. You, can't get, you can't get your nails done. What is life without a manicure and a pedicure? <laughs> you know, but, and, you know, they will use the child as a pawn. They don't want to pay child support. Okay, so if they don't pay child support until the court mandates it, what are you going to do? The child is not going to eat. They're not going to have a roof over their head. They're not going to be able to go to school. You have to have a strategy. Let's flip this also and not just attack men, but yeah, what no. to do? Because yeah. there are a lot of single fathers out there. Yes. I want to, I want to give them credit. Yes. You know, for whatever reason, uh, I had a, a, a situation, some people that I know that the mother said, I've had enough here. Take all three of them. Mm. And he's there with three kids. What he didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to braid hair. Barely knew how to cook. You know, had to find childcare and still had to be the provider. Yeah. So there are heartbreaks on both sides. Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. the mother didn't pay child support. Yeah. She would promise to come and visit, and the children would be sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. Never showed up. You know, and it really impacts you from, yeah. from generation to generation. The breakup of your parents, did that really cause you a lot of suppressed trauma that you yeah. realized after a while? Of course, it always does. It always, you don't even realize how much you carry. And as far as the men are concerned, I would definitely like to say that not all women are angels either. We can't sit here possibly and say, oh, you know what? All men are horrible and all women are. It's not. I've seen things where women have used the kids as their pawns. I've seen it that they know how to hurt the man is by making sure they don't see the child. Mm -hmm. So they've done those things. And also the problem with that is then this child is absolutely isolated from the person who really loves them. 
one thing we need to remember especially in a breakup where kids are involved is it's not the kids fault we have to no. if if only both sides remembered that and did everything based on okay i hate you i absolutely hate your guts but you know what i'm coming to the birthday party for my child that would be such a different place such a different way of that child growing up that is what will break the generational trauma always for that child to sit there thinking oh dad is coming but are they going to fight dad right. is coming is mom's going to be in a bad mood that is that is how the generational trauma gets transferred right, from right. them to them the only way for us to break that trauma break that generational trauma and saying this is it this is where it ends is for us both to keep the differences will always stay there otherwise we would never be divorced we will always hate each other's guts otherwise there would never be divorce i might not have one good thing to say about the person and he might not have one good thing to say about me mm-hmm. but as far as the child is concerned have the birthdays together have the family picnic together have the christmases together it doesn't we have, kill- a, we have a blended family and mm-hmm. me and the uh my stepson's mother at first and now i tell you we talk about every day mm. we love each other we are there to support each other i'm going on vacation and i said can i put you down as my emergency contact you know you have to put on your big girl panties and your big boy panties when mm. another person comes into your child's life And you have solidified and verified and had a conversation with them. Yes. That this is, you know, this is where I draw the line. But you have to allow them flexibility because they're going to be in your child's life. Yes. And the more that you can do to try to get in that person's head, because they're going to eventually be in your child's heart. But making your child not like the new girlfriend or the stepmother from the get-go because you're jealous, you're insecure, you're angry. That's not teaching them to be a whole uh, healing heart individual. So tell me a little bit about uh, what people can expect when they work with you. So when they work with me, normally I tend to work with women. And the reason behind that is not because men don't go through heartbreak or what I teach doesn't support men, but I feel a little bit out of integrity when I try and teach men to do these things because I always say everything I teach comes from experience and my experience comes from being a broken woman not a broken man basically so that's why otherwise men are also welcome to listen to this and this will help everybody so when I was going through all these absolutely nightmarish scenarios and I decided to bring myself out of it for the sake of my child On a hindsight, I realized I did certain things in a certain way that helped me. It it was all over the place to begin with. It happens to everybody. You try this thing and then you all of a sudden jump and you try something else, hoping that something will help, something will bring clarity. So what I then did was as a hindsight, I looked back and I realized there is actually a system that I can create. And I call it the HEAL system. It's honor, act evolve, activate, affirm, and love. So literally what I teach is nothing you haven't almost done before. Nothing at least you haven't tried before, but you try it in such a haphazard haphazard manner because you don't know what to do. You're like, 
literally cl clutching on the straws. So I give you a system, a roadmap to take. So you first honor exactly how you're feeling, what is going on, what is the deep seated rooted trauma that you're facing right now. And it takes you all the way, step by step up to love, where you're then looking back into your life, everything that happened from a completely different perspective to see that, oh, the only reason I'm here today doing what I'm doing, my kids are happy, I'm happy, that you get to that point. And then you look back and you realize everything happened for a reason and it was going to happen whether you liked it or not. Uh, especially as women, we tend to think that just if I hadn't done that, maybe we wouldn't have broken up. Only if I had paid attention, maybe we wouldn't have broken up. Only if I had given him this, maybe we wouldn't have. All of those ifs and buts mean nothing because if this was meant to happen, it would happen no matter what. And you know, and you have to go through these things. Uh, I always say there's value in the valley. You have to go there because what does not kill you is truly your best teacher. Yes. Absolutely. You have to learn resilience, how to bounce back. You know, it hurts. But yeah. how much better you feel once you heal. So this is what you mean by being unapologetic. Yes. You don't have to be sorry. No. I don't like anything sorry or anything cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just don't. Um, you can feel good about yourself, even at your lowest point, because... I'm here to learn a lesson. You start journaling. What am I feeling? Like you said, honor that feeling. Love it, nurture it, kiss it, you know, baby it and remember it. Yeah. I don't want you to forget it. I don't want you to gloss over it because now you have set up the beginning of a boundary of what yeah. you will not tolerate going forward for yourself. What is not conducive to your lifestyle. So let's ask you some fun questions because we've done the deep stuff, girl. <laughs> if you had three magical wishes, what would they be? Wow. <laughs> that kind of put you in the put me in the spot, isn't it? Of course. Um, if I had three magical wishes, I would uh, wish to travel the world without without like any restrictions no time restrictions no money restrictions go to every corner of the world and i was gonna say you'd have a black card huh? <laughs> <laughs> you can express black card <laughs> yes explore every depth of this world i would love to do that second one um i would love to be able to reach at least like a million women and teach them what i'm what i'm doing because i know there it because the things i know i say it, it works for divorce and everything but the way it's work it works for everything in your life it helps you balance it so beautifully and perfectly and I know it's such a big saying, but because you gave me a magic wish, a million women was. Well, what's, what's pouring into you? What who, who is feeding you that that allows you to churn and burn and pour out to others? Where are you getting this knowledge from? I do, I do. I am. I would love to call myself the self care queen, and I'm not even kidding. Mm. Everything that I give out, I give me first all right now unless my cup is full i'm not pouring it out i have because otherwise i can't do it i won't and i will end up there will come a point where i will resent it 
and I will not let that happen. So I give me what I always wished somebody else would give me. And then I realized why, because why am I waiting for somebody to give me something that I can give it to myself? Why does it make it more special if someone else gives it to me? Makes right. it more special when I give it to me because I know what I want. I know what I need. I know what I desire. Right, so, right. So education, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people say, oh, well, that's selfish or that's conceited or this is that. No, but it's about self-love because if you know what you want, then you can exude yes. and you can share, yes. you know, and you can share the love. It's What's your third wish? <laughs> so, okay. So it was that and that. What would be my third wish? Um, I covered all can you believe it yeah. because because reaching I think I was going to say be more visible and out there but reaching a million women is not going to be possible without it so the, that covered that and right. all the freedom you're looking for the time and everything covers when I'm talking about traveling without any restrictions mm. beautiful uh, if you were a flower in the garden what flower would you be and why I think I would love to be the lily, pink lilies. Oh, beautiful. Because mainly because they're my favorite flower because of the smell they exude. When you buy a bouquet of lilies and leave it in the house, literally the whole house, when you open the door, is like so welcoming and warming. Mm. It's, yeah. So I just bought some gardenias. Okay. I didn't realize how radiant. They are, and it was unbelievable. But I think I'd be a tulip. Oh, wow. Because when they bloom, they're all wild, and they just, <laughs> they just <laughs> you know, they just do whatever it is they do, and they leave a bulb, and that bulb will continue to reproduce. Yes. What's your favorite kind of ice cream? I am a very salted caramel person. Oh. Caramel. <laughs> If your words had an odor, what would they smell like? If my words had an odor, they would smell like black opium from the YSL. Oh, oh boy. Sexy, exotic. <laughs> and, and when, yeah, and then when you walk into a room, you make a statement. It's a presence there. So yeah, I get you. I feel you. Uh, if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what mm -hmm. appliance would you be? The fridge freezer, because that's where the ice cream goes. <laughs> I'd be the air fryer. Fair enough. I want little grease. I want it crispy and juicy and for it to work pretty quick. Cool. And what do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be women in particular understanding that a happy relationship begins and ends with them it's not to do with anybody else but what is it's with them i want them to understand a relationship is a choice is not a compulsory thing because society said oh you're 20 and you're not in a relationship you're 40 and you're not in a relationship and also the happiest of relationships happen when two happy people come together, not because you're unhappy and you're expecting somebody else to come and make you happy. Mm, go ahead now, tell them girlfriend. Okay, mm -hmm. you gotta make, you gotta be, as we say, evenly yoked. 
you know, like a good, uh, a good two poached eggs. <laughs> you need to really kind of be there together. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you, Presh, uh, and to work with you, to follow you on social media, and to get more of this good loving. Yes, absolutely. So in all my socials, I'm as at the heartbreak healer one. So Instagram, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, I'm at the Heartbreak Healer One. And my website is just as easy, www.theheartbreakhealer.co.uk. Don't forget the .co.uk that separates the wheat from the straw. And yeah. you are absolutely the best. Thank you so much for that powerful information. I felt it. I'm inspired by it. I'm sure glad that I'm in love. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure glad that I'm in love, but you know what, Brains? I'm in love with me too. Yes, that's. I don't, I don't wait for the outside influence. Mm -mm. Thirty. I've been married thirty-nine years, but I always leave a little in reserve for me. Always. Always. And that's why you're you're there. You've been there for thirty-nine years and counting because you know to give it to yourself first. You it come first. Time. That's why. Yeah. So anyway, Brains, I need you to go like, love, share, and subscribe. What's your homework? Like, love, share, and subscribe. On the Edge, the place where the conversation is pointed and the guests are sharp and the responses are never dull. Come back and visit me again. Come uh, to the United States. Come to San Diego. We take that baby girl to Disneyland. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That'd be the first place I visit when I get the first magic wish. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, Brace. Handle your business. Take care of yourself. And if you are consciously uncoupling, just sit back. You know, marinate in it. Relax. Don't let the ugly side. You got to be strategic. And good always wins. It does. It does. Thank you so much, April. This has Thank been you. so much fun. Thank all you. Right. Bye, friends. Bye.